Welcome to the Hope Fellowship Podcast, where you can listen to our weekly walk through the Bible. We do hope you enjoy your time with us today. Please check us out at hopehogesville.com. And if you feel led to support our ministry, please click the link in this episode's description. Now here's this week's walk through the Bible. Acts chapter 11, verse 27 through 30. Now at this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and began to indicate by the spirit that there would certainly be a great famine all over the world. And this took place in the reign of Claudius. And in the proportion that any of the disciples had means, each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief of the brethren living in Judea. And this they did, sending it in charge of Barnabas and Saul to the elders. Acts chapter 11, verse 27 through 29, we're going to take a a look at Agabus and the early church and study. And and the, the main thing that we're going to see is God's provision for his church, specifically for his people, his sheep. Uh, And then we're going to see the generosity of God's people. But there are several things that uh, we're going to take a look at. One is that uh, everyone had a portion of wealth that the Lord gave to them. Some of them it was a little, but also some of them it was a lot. And for each of them, they gave uh, of what they could. And God gave everyone a measure. But we're going to see more than just wealth that God gave to the people. We're going to see that God gave them a measure of wealth to steward. to to glorify God with, but he also gave them a measure of faith to trust in the Lord with, and he gave them a measure of love for the brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're going to kind of see that unfold in these verses together. So let's walk through them together. In verse 27, it says, Now at this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and began to indicate by the Spirit that there would certainly be a great famine all over the world. So first thing that we see is that prophets came up from, or here it says they came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. But the reality is Antioch is north of Jerusalem, so technically they went up from Jerusalem. But, uh, but there's some nuance to why that verbiage was used. But the fact is, these people, these prophets, these men that God was using to proclaim the truth of God uh, were sent from Jerusalem to Agabus. And when they got there, one of these prophets named, or they, they were sent to Antioch, and one of these prophets named Agabus began to speak, and he began to speak to the church. And one of his messages was that uh, he was indicating through the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God that there was going to be a great famine. So uh, a couple things to note uh, about this is that this wasn't Agabus's word. This wasn't just something that he felt. It wasn't just something that he was um, indicating because he was, you know, uh, had been reading the farmer's almanac or because he was a scientist or because he was... um, you know, uh, smart. It was something that God gave him the ability to understand and to speak out of the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. So in this instance, he had a gifting from God, a specific message from the Lord, and that message was a warning to the church. Now, what 
the, the point, I believe, of this story is not how and why the prophets came and delivered their message, but specifically the fact that the Spirit of God was leading these people to see something that they otherwise couldn't see or that they wouldn't have known. And I believe that the Spirit of the Lord leads us to see one another the way He wants us to see people. And sometimes He shows us needs where we might otherwise miss those needs. And so he was bringing to the attention of the church something that they wouldn't have known. In this case, he was showing them that their brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world were going to suffer and be in need. There was going to be a great famine. And this was simply the word. Uh, and based on what we read here in the book of Acts, the prophet didn't really say much more than that. Now, he might have given them some instructions. He might have told them how they were to respond to that. But all we know here is that the only thing that he said was there's going to be a great famine. But then what's really neat is how the church responded to that. This church here in Antioch responded with generosity out of the, out of the um, kindness of their heart towards their brothers and sisters in Christ. So let's take a look at that um, in verse 29 it says and the proportion and in the proportion that any of the disciples had means each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief of the brethren living in Judea uh, the first thing that I'd like to note is that word determined uh, that word determined means to be or excuse me the word means uh, the word means uh, simply means to prosper, or it's a, kind of a version of prosperity. Of, that's what the word means. So in verse 29, it says, and in the proportion that any of the disciples had means, uh, meaning that they all had some portion of prosperity. It doesn't necessarily mean they were wealthy. Now, when we hear the word prosperity, we think uh, in English, we think prosperous, and we translate that to mean that we're doing pretty well. We translate that to mean that we have a lot, that we have all that we need and maybe more. We have an abundance, that they have prosperity. But in this case, this word that's being used is simply a, me a, a way of referring to any physical possession that these people had that they were to be using for the glory of God. This was what God had given them to take and to hold and to use for the provision of their own family and for their own homes, but also uh, recognizing that all of that they have was given to them by God, that it wasn't something that they possessed simply for their own use and for their own good, but it was ultimately for the glory of God. So here he's saying that according to what everyone had, they determined to give a measure of that. So it's kind of a measure of wealth. It's, it could be a little, it could be a lot. Um, I think it's good to recognize that what we have, whether we consider that to be a little or whether we consider that to be a lot, it's good to stop and recognize that all that we have has come from God. And I think the Spirit of the Lord is leading the church here in their hearts. What, what I'd like to point out is that this is the Spirit of God working in their heart. The first thing that he did was prompt their heart to a need. He showed them through the prophet that there was a need. He brought to their attention 
that there was a problem that was coming and that there was going to be a need in the church and that their brothers and sisters in Christ were probably going to suffer under this famine. And I think God shows us that sometimes. He shows us the needs of the church. And he, to some extent, places a burden on our heart for people that we know and people that we care about, specifically here for our Christian family. Now, I think in other places of Scripture, God teaches us to show generosity to all people, all kinds of people. And we ought to show hospitality to all kinds of people in the world, those who are lost and those who are saved. But here we see specifically a message for the church to show kindness to the brothers and sisters in Christ. And he shows us a need, and to some extent, he prompts within our hearts a desire to help in that need. And then out of that, he reminds us that what we have is not really ours, but it belongs to the Lord. Whether that be a little or whether that be a lot, we have a measure of wealth to steward for the glory of God. It's good to remember that we are simply stewards of what we have in this world. Sometimes when we do have extra, it's one thing to give and it doesn't seem like it really hurts that much. You know, we give a little bit and it doesn't really impact our budget, but it's another thing when we give extra above and beyond out of our need and we kind of say, you know what, I'm giving something that I feel like I need and this is going to hurt me, but I'm going to help somebody else because they have a need. And then we trust God with that. So take a look at at what happens next. It says in verse 23, uh, excuse me, in verse 29, it says, And in the proportion that any of the disciples had means, each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief of the brethren. So, So they took a portion, which means just as much as what they had, out of what they had, they took... Uh, They determined to send relief, to send help. And that word determined means to set apart or to set aside or to designate. So they took what they had and what they thought they needed, the wealth that God gave to them, and they set some of that aside and designated it for somebody else's need, even though they themselves may have needed. And I think that takes a great deal of faith. But what's neat about this is that the Spirit of God seemed to prompt within the hearts of these people a willingness to voluntarily set aside some of what they had, some of what they needed for the sake of helping somebody else. That takes faith. And I think it's good for us to recognize when our brothers and sisters in the faith, our Christian family, have needs. And we need to begin praying for our Christian family that God would provide for their needs. And I think it's good to recognize that all that God's given to us belongs to him. And we need to pray that God will help us to steward that well. But also, we need to uh, see that God gives us faith to trust him. God gives us the ability to trust that he will take care of us just like he always has. Yep, there's been times where we've been in great need and we've been hurting. Um, But if you look back, I think many of us could probably write down in a journal or, or proclaim with, with our own voices just the joy in how God has provided for us in our needs all along the way. Uh, just the fact that we're alive and sitting here today is a testimony of the fact that God's taken care of us every single day. And we've probably all been through seasons where we thought we weren't going to make it, where we kind of thought, you know what, I don't know what this is going to be like next month. We may not really... We may not be in a good position, a good place, and then the Lord 
walked us through that and showed us mercy. And I don't know about you, but for me personally, in a lot of ways, that comes through the church. That comes through my Christian family. God prompts the hearts of my Christian family or friends, and they, um, they spontaneously, sometimes um, anonymously, find a way to help me in my need. And sometimes it's a little, sometimes it's a lot, but every time it is a huge blessing because I see that it's God taking care of me. I see that Jesus sees me and he knows me and he's heard the cry of my heart and he sees my need and he's shown compassion to me and he laid it on the heart of someone uh, that he loves, that's one of his children, and they shared with me out of the generosity of their heart, gave them the faith to trust God for their needs so that he could take care of mine. And when I look back, I see that. And every time that's happened, uh, it increases my faith. It reminds me that God takes care of me. It reminds me that in the future, if I see someone else's need and I think I can give out of my abundance or out of my need to help that individual, I can trust God to continue taking care of me. And this is God helping to take care of them as well. And that's how the Lord leads me. So it's good to see that God gives us a measure of of wealth to steward for his glory and and it's good to see that God has also given us a measure of faith to trust him out of our need and so each of these people they they determined to send a contribution they set it aside by faith for the relief of their brothers and sisters in Christ now in my version it says it says that they determined to send a contribution for the relief. Now, that word contribution is not actually in the Greek. It's just a word that's placed in our translation to help us understand the Greek um, because the, uh, the heart of the passage is uh, that they were, they were sending help. They were sending relief to the church in Judea. And that relief, that word relief means... Um, it means service. It's the word uh, diakonos, which is, a, uh, which is the word for deacon or servant. Uh, but in this case, it's not being used. Uh, they're not sending a deacon or a person to help them per se. They're sending help and service. It is the act of being a servant by, from a distance. They are being a servant of the Lord and serving their Christian family from a distance by giving. And so they gathered together some form of a provision, and it doesn't actually say what kind of a contribution or a provision or relief was actually sent. It might not have just been money. It could have very well been grain. It could have been um, other supplies and provisions that they were able to send by way of um, Saul and Barnabas. Uh, who were the missionaries that were living in Antioch with them and discipling them and helping them. Uh, in this case, uh, you come to the story here again. It seems as though, you know, in Jerusalem, uh, Barnabas was, was living in Jerusalem and discipling the church in Jerusalem, and he was sent by Jerusalem, the church in Antioch, to encourage and disciple them. And now after being discipled after a year, the church is sending and is sending Barnabas and Saul back to Jerusalem to be a blessing to the church in Jerusalem. 
again, another really neat testimony of uh, a, a generosity of heart within the church. They're giving their best things away. You know, in this case, they're giving their best people away. That's really hard for a church to do. You know, when you get people that are really great servants within the church, you love them, they're super encouraging, kind of pointed this out in the attitude of Barnabas. Barnabas was considered the son of encouragement. Everybody loved him. Everybody wanted him to, to hang around and to be around. And I'm sure it broke their hearts when, they, when he left town to work with another church. But yet at the same time, they rejoice because this church that they love from a distance is receiving the blessing of having a brother and sister that they know is going to be a strong addition to their church family come and minister to them. And so in this case, they send Barnabas and they send Saul with this contribution, this relief, this act of service to the church. Now that comes, I believe, from a heart of love. So here we see that, uh, you know, the the Spirit of God gives us understanding. He gives us the ability to see. He gives us the ability to know the needs of our Christian family. And we ought to pray that God will continue to lead us that way. And we see that, that God helps us to see our life and our possessions in such a way that we don't hold them so tightly. That we recognize that God gave them to us. And if he takes them away to help somebody else, he'll give us more of what we need if that's God's will. And if he wants us to suffer, that's okay because we, are, we, we rest in the hands of God's sovereignty and provision. And so we pray that God will help us to continue to live that way. And then we see that God gives us faith and he gives us the ability to trust him. And we pray that God would continue to grow our faith, but also we pray that God will help us to have love and compassion for our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's one thing to see that people have need. It's another to care about it, right? I mean, I think we see needs all around us every day. It can be overwhelming. Uh, and we definitely, it's, you know, I think it's okay to recognize we can't necessarily solve everyone's problems. You know, we can't fix everything. We'd like to. Man, if we had the power to fix everything, I think most of us would find a way to at least attempt to do that. But we can't always fix all problems and help everyone, but we can help those the Lord shows us to help. And so when we give, uh, it's an act of love and it's an act of compassion. Um, and, and we trust the Lord to take care of us, but we need to pray that God will help us to, to, to care about the, the hurts of others enough to be willing to say, how can I help? How can I show some compassion today? I might not be able to fix all their need, but can I take a little of what I have and help them out. What can I give? Maybe it's a little time. Maybe it's a little money. Maybe it's a, a provision or a possession that I have, some food that I have. Maybe it's uh, people with a transportation issue. I can loan them a vehicle for a little while or, or um, whatever it may be. We ask the Lord to show us how can we help. But the reason that we see these people motivated to do this uh, it has to be because of love and compassion that the Spirit put in their heart. Because best of what we can tell by reading this passage, the, uh, the apostles and their teachers were not telling them to do this. It seems as though these people were motivated, they were self-motivated to do this. Now, we know that no one's genuine, truly self-motivated to do anything good. Whenever we are seemingly self-motivated to do something good, we need to recognize that that was the Spirit of God that was motivating us to do a good thing. So then, 
It says, as, and they, this they did, sending it in the charge of Barnabas and Saul to the elders of the church. And the last thing I'd like to point out is that God gave them a, me- a measure of humility, uh, seemingly with a desire to glorify God and not themselves. There was no one person uh, being exalted as kind of a champion of giving in this circumstance. No one individual seemed to be uh, lifted up as a person who was extra generous. It seems as though everyone gave out of their need, and as the Lord led them to give voluntarily, no one was telling them to do it. No one told them they had to do it, but they did it anyways. They gathered whatever that gift was, and they sent it with Saul, and they sent it with Barnabas to Jerusalem, uh, or to uh, Judea, to the elders of the churches there in Judea, and that word elders means pastors or shepherds to be distributed as the needs of the people were. And you'll notice that no one there was receiving glory but God. So God was using the church to provide for the people. And I believe that as we live in unity with our brothers and sisters in Christ, our Christian family, as the Lord leads us to give, humility needs to be a quality that we maintain. We need to pray for humility as much as we pray for love and as much as we pray for faith and as much as we pray for God to continue to provide for our needs. We need to pray that God would um, continue to keep us humble as we give. So as we look at these words this morning, this is kind of a short story. It's not a, there's not super deep instruction in here that's super complicated or hard to apply. The message I think is pretty simple. Uh, It's a little story about a prophet that told him of a need and the church being convicted by the Holy Spirit to be generous. But then we also see the provision of God. God provides. And if you're struggling at all with trusting in the Lord, I want you to see this quality about the Lord is that he is a God who cares about his people and he takes care of his people and he provides for them. It doesn't mean that we won't suffer in life but God takes care of us and walks us through. So some things to pray for as we kind of um, wrap up this text. And I'd like to encourage you to pray for a few things. Pray that God will show us who among us needs help. Now, I'd like to just praise the church for a minute. Just praise the Lord for what God's done in your hearts, because I believe that I've seen a, a lot of our church family here I've seen this spirit within our fellowship, and, um, and I rejoice in that. When, people, when it comes to your attention that people have need, I'm seeing you guys jump all over that need as quickly as you can, and it's such a joy to watch, and it's a joy to be on the receiving end of that when we've had needs, and I praise the Lord for that. Just pray that God will continue to foster that in our family. And that when we see Christians from outside our fellowship that are hurting and that are struggling, ask the Lord to show us how we can help. Show us what we can do from what we have to help those people in their need. Pray that we will all use what we have as, you know, as our own personal wealth, that we'll use it for the glory of God. Pray that God will give us the faith to trust him with our needs. 
I believe we see that in these people. They trusted God. So pray that God would help us to trust him with the things that we're wrestling with and to not allow that to slow down our generosity. And then pray that God will give us love and compassion for others, that when we see the needs, that we will actually have a compassion and a desire to help when, where, when and where we can. Uh, and pray that God will give us uh, uh, and will help us to, to do this and to live humbly, that we will not grow prideful in all of our quote-unquote good deeds as we attempt to help one another. Sometimes we kind of start feeling good about ourselves, you know, which it's not bad to feel good about doing good things. I think that's okay. But we just need to remember not to become prideful as though, as though we have, um, as though we're not just the same as everybody else and in great need as God's, since God has helped us so much. Pray that God will help us to see his love and care when we receive. I think that's also a good quality to remember that when somebody helps us and when we receive from someone else in our need, pray that God will help us to recognize that that's not just people helping us, that's God. God is taking care of us. Let that grow your faith. And then um, I'd like to invite you to praise God for his provision of your daily need. God has taken you to where you are today. So whatever, you know, that's the old song, the old hymn, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One. We don't sing that very often, but it is. Some of y'all, if you've been in church for a long time, you probably remember that, maybe from when you were kids. Or um, that's, a, that's a good thing to do once in a while, to count your blessings, to go to stop, slow down, and recount what God's done for you. It will increase your faith. It will strengthen your faith. And then praise God for his provision of your salvation because that truly is our greatest need. Our needs go way beyond food and, and um, clothing. Our needs are ultimately spiritual. And as we sang this morning about um, uh, feasting with God and looking forward to the glorification of God and, and praising the Lord for that and then praising the Lord for this work of, of uh, his death and his resurrection to, and his work of our salvation, uh, we are seeing that God has provided our greatest need of forgiveness from sins. Praise the Lord for that and pray that God will help us to meet that need in others, to bring the good news of Jesus to those who are still in need of that. So as we've looked at these verses this morning, we've seen an example from the Christians at Antioch to give generously and to trust in God to provide. Let's pray that God will help us to follow that example. Thank you for listening to this week's Walk Through the Bible with Hope Fellowship. I leave you with these words from Numbers 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.